Hello, Paul. Okay, now we're live. Carolyn, is it Dr. Carolyn? It is. Dr. Carolyn Wonkin. Yes. Temporary for right now. <laughs> and uh, my name is Paul. This is the Learn From Our Mistakes podcast seminars. And I have Dr. Carolyn Wonkin, and she is a chiropractor. She's here in Hudson. Um, she has had an amazing life. She also has the opportunity to be a chiropractor in, in the local area. And in the just the pre-production here, just talking a little bit, I found out she does adjustments on like babies, which is just mind-blowing. Um, also talk about rebranding and talk about uh, how kind of the chiropractic world works and the education level and all the work that has to go into becoming a chiropractor. You bet. So I'm going to let you just introduce yourself, talk a little bit about yourself, talk about your everything from where you grew up, your childhood, wherever you want to share. And I may interject and ask questions because people are going to want to know stuff. They're going to want to know the details that is your everyday life, but it's so new and fascinating to other people. So go Sounds ahead, good. take it away. Well, I'm a chiropractor in Hudson. It's been almost 23 years. So November of 99, I graduated from Northwestern. You've been a chiropractor school. for how many years? 23 coming up March 27th of wow. 2000 is when I started here in Hudson. That's crazy. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So graduated from St. Cloud State University, went to high school in Annandale, Minnesota, a little small town out there. Where's Grew that at? About a half hour south of St. Cloud. Got it. And went to St. Cloud State University for my undergrad. I got a bachelor's degree in biomedical science, emphasis in human anatomy and a minor in chemistry. Wow. So just a few letters there. So is, is, is it a bra are you a brainiac, like high school and everything? Was it real easy for you and stuff? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Did you always know you were going to be doing this field? I was going to be a veterinarian since the day I could walk and talk and think. Was that because of the pets and just wanting to care for animals and stuff? Or? Yeah. Just always had a thing for animals and injured animals and helping them. Yeah. And I had a sports injury in high school that brought me to the chiropractor for the first time. So my mom brought me in and the chiropractor helped me. And not only did they help me get back out into um, playing again mm -hmm. quickly, my headaches went away. And I always went to high school with a pocket full ibuprofen for headaches and whatnots and didn't know any different, just always left with a pocket full. And my headaches went away. And I thought that was really interesting. And I continued getting adjusted regularly. And within about a year of regular adjustments, my seasonal allergies went away. No kidding. Gone. Never came back to this day. And so I thought I should do a little shift in my thinking and figure out this chiropractic thing more. Mm -hmm. But um, the gentleman that was my chiropractor didn't take a lot of time to teach and educate and was a very simple man. So I decided to work for him, see if I could learn some more nuggets of truth and still didn't quite understand how this mystery worked so well in healing my body. How old were you at this time when you decided I need to learn more? So I'm just going to work for this person. Yeah, just so it was like you're taking an internship without even knowing what an internship is. Correct. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's good. So went on to work for him, didn't learn much at all. Still so fascinated by it, though, that I literally did a coin toss and started my generals at St. Cloud State and was nearing completion 
and uh, decided a coin toss is going to decide my fate. Mm-hmm. So heads chiropractic school, tails veterinarian, and it went heads. No so kidding. I became a chiropractor. Fate. <laughs> yes. So God put you here to help people, not the animals, apparently. You bet. Um, that's absolutely amazing. How long did you work for this chiropractor? Not very long. No. Yeah, I wasn't when you, getting when you realized what I you weren't going to get what you needed. Right. Right. Yep. Smart. It's a smart move. Absolutely. So you've always kind of had an, like an entrepreneur mindset that you were going to make things work for yourself. Right. And if you saw a problem, you didn't kind of just, you just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Good job. I think young, I decided to create jobs, not have a job. Mm-hmm. And I knew that from a young age. Do you have siblings? Yep. An older brother and an older sister. What do they do? My brother, um, see if I get this right, Greg, sorry if I don't, but he uh, worked for Boston Scientific for a long time, designing and working on all sorts of medical devices. And the last one that I'm aware that he helped um, implement called the Watchman device for people with AFib. Mm-hmm. And it helps um, as you're forming clots from AFib, it catches them before they cause strokes. And so it's implanted into the heart like a strainer. And your sister? She is down in South Carolina. Hi, Cheryl. Miss you. And um, she uh, was a stay-at-home mom for a very, very long time. And now she's working in a daycare center. And her girls are all out of the house. And she's got one more left at home that's, I believe, a junior this year. Got it. So he'll be graduating next year. And what did your parents do? So my dad's an accountant. He's 80 years old and still working full-time in St. Cloud. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yep, and he also does accounting for Pioneer Park in Annandale, Minnesota, which is a historical museum. Nice. And um, my mom supported us, driving us all over places and mm-hmm. um, working for the school while we were in school. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And your dad still does CPA work. He just loves being busy and keeping his mind sharp. And it busy. does keep your mind sharp mm-hmm. when, when you're digging in numbers. I mean, it's yeah. you can shut off everything else in the world and just focus mm-hmm. right on that. So now you're knowing you're going to go to college and you get accepted for college. Mm-hmm. Um, any athletics or was it just strictly business with you? You're going to go into school and learning. Yeah, I was track and field. High jump was my jam. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't take precedence because I worked three jobs as well. So I didn't graduate with a lot of debt. And that was important to me. Coming from very meager means and a very simple family, mm-hmm. I didn't want <clears throat> a monstrous amount of debt as I graduated. So I worked really hard through college and um, scholarships as well, academic. How much was school for you during your St. Cloud stint? The lovely thing about St. Cloud State University is back in my day, aging mm. myself here, it was 50 bucks a credit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because you lived in St. Cloud? Well, I'm not sure why it was 50 a credit. That's mm-hmm. just the price tag per credit. I lived at home for two of the four years. Nice. And drove as just a half hour commute. So saving money, living at home, wise choice. So can I ask you what, and, and you can shut me off on any of these questions, mm-hmm. believe me. What was your student loan debt after your four-year program? Yeah, so the chiropractic school is really difficult to work and hold a full-time job because it's about 30 credits per trimester. Mm-hmm as opposed to 12 to 16 for undergraduate. So it's a full-time job. Then you go home and study and prep for the next day. Right. 
very time intensive. And so holding a job while you're going to school there is difficult. And you usually have to, you know, include room and board as well. So that's where you accumulate a lot of debt. And usually with three and a half, four years of chiropractic school, students are graduating around 150, 200 in debt from just the chiropractic portion. So you, then you went to college at Northwestern, mm-hmm. right? Yep, that's so you, the chiropractic school part. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's so you went, you got four year degree at Saint Cloud State. Saint Cloud State. Then you went to um, yeah Northwestern. Northwestern. So that's another ten trimesters. So about three and a half years. So when you were done at Saint Cloud State, you had a student debt load of how much? About about five thousand. Five thousand, beautiful. And mm-hmm. then you go down there, and you accumulate around a hundred plus thousand. For me, it was around ninety to a hundred thousand is my max that I ended up with at at Northwestern. Do you have any idea what it would be today? Yeah, the students that are graduating are around one hundred and eighty on average. Wow. Yeah, very tough. Wow, including what the four, just a four year degree to get into it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when you graduated, what was your first job outside of uh, your chiropractic school at Northwestern when you graduated? I graduated and opened up a practice in Hudson, Wisconsin. How old were you? I was 24. 24 years old. Yeah. How, I, I, I get the gut feeling that people are typically a little bit older when they usually get out of it. Were you, I mean, did you do everything right on the timeline that it's supposed to be? Well, I did two years of post-secondary education as well. So in Minnesota, you can opt to go to college in lieu of high school. Mm-hmm. And so I did as many credits as I could for college courses in high school. In high school, so you saved yourself two years. So Correct. typically, it's yep. chiropractors are in a twenty-six to twenty-eight range. Yep. Wow. Yeah, if they do everything on the timeline, it's about twenty-six years old is the graduating age. So twenty-four. I mean, we're not being disrespectful when we say this, but twenty-four years old, you're a kid, a baby. Yeah. Yeah, you are. When it come when because <clears throat> I'm fifty. Yeah, and when you get to that age, you look back at your 20s and it's like, you didn't know much. I mean, about mm-hmm. life in general. So you're book smart. You got a, a considerable amount of debt for 24 years old. And you are not relying on anyone. You're just like, I'm going to, you know, get started on your first chiropractic company. Yes. So what was it called? At first? Yeah, um so backing up just a little bit, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to practice in Hudson. So demographically, I had done my research and I fell in love with the Hudson community. And I wanted to introduce myself to all the chiropractors in town. So I didn't just come in like a, a bull. Bull in a china shop, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get to know them and um, have good working relations. The very first chiropractor I met in North Hudson, his name was Dr. Mark Peterson, and it just worked out timeline-wise that he was the first person I got to go meet and say hi to. And on my way out the door, he said, hey, by the way, my practice is for sale. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Hmm. Piqued some interest. What was it called? St. Croix Chiropractic. Okay. So then how long was yep. he there for? And so I ended up meeting all the chiropractors, and then I bought his practice. And he had only been open for three years, so 1997 to 2000. So I bought his existing practice in 2000 for equipment only. Mm-hmm. And um, and then that birthed St. Croix Family Chiropractic. And then about three years later, I changed it to Wonkin Family Chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And um, held that name until 2018 and rebranded it into Hope chiropractic when so when you buy a chiropractic um 
business mm-hmm. shop office you bought the equipment but you also get a client list correct right what's yep, the retention yeah it's called blue sky you buy that blue sky yeah and you can also buy um the accounts receivables as well if you'd like to so those three factors equipment accounts receivable blue sky What's the account receivable, the people that just haven't paid? Sure. Yep. So insurance usually takes around 30 days to 60 days turnaround time. So when you bill an insurance company, that was back before electronic Mm. claims and everything too. So that would sit in the aging report. And car accidents and work comp injuries take a while to settle out sometimes up to two years. yeah. 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 So that accounts receivable is purchasable and factored into a business sale. How about when you said insurance, how about like uh, veterans and stuff like that? Is, is VA insurance cover stuff like this? Yep. The VA goes through an insurance called Optum. Mm-hmm. And so they cover chiropractic care with, um, usually they need a referral from their VA doc for chiropractic care and it dictates how many visits they're allowed. So VA know, does cover it. How's the, how's the doctor's <clears throat> office know how many visits it takes? That's a good question. Okay. Yeah. We can, we can get into that and we, <laughs> we can get more. Right now we're talking about the structure and everything. So you, you, he just said, hey, by the way, we're for sale. I'm for sale. Mm-hmm. Sells it to you. Like, do He's like, we're going to make this work for you. And so say out of 100 clients, and I know there could be more or less, that's not the question. Is it hard to retain all of them? Or was It's a very delicate process in many business sales and transactions is client retention especially with loyalty or that was a female and a male. So a guy doctor and a female buying the practice too. So if someone wants a male doctor and they're set on that, that's a hard client to retain. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it is a relationship with, with your doctor or a chiropractor, or even a dentist. You, you right. want to, you got to feel comfortable with the person. Yeah. And he, he did not have a very large volume in his practice. So the client base was small mm-hmm. And, um, so as far as client retention, that wasn't a huge factor. Got it. So it didn't have any, it didn't, it had little value. Correct. It was more about the equipment and the space. Yeah. What kind of lease was it? Boy, you're taking me back 23 years. Yeah. was it, was yeah. it simple? Was it? Yeah. Bob Bardill still in, he's a dentist in North Hudson. So I Got rented it. out his lower level mm-hmm. and I think we just assumed the lease or he re-signed a new one with me and stayed there from 2000 to 2006 and then moved up on the hill in Hudson in 2006. So 2006, you relocated. <clears throat> yep. Did you change the name right away or did you keep it the same? I kept it um, St. Croix Family Chiropractic until 2003. Mm-hmm. And then we changed it to Wonkin Family Chiropractic. Moved up on the hill three years after that change. And so just keeping it Wonkin Family Chiropractic in 2018 changed it. Okay. Yeah. And then you changed it to <coughs> which, Hope, what Hope it is now. Yeah. Hope Chiropractic. Yeah. Where'd you get the name from? We had a competition in our office, a naming competition. Mm -hmm. And so one of our patients won the naming contest. But our slogan that we had adopted before rebranding and renaming ourselves was giving you hope, improving health, creating wellness. Got it. Cool. And that was part of our slogan. And Mm -hmm. so she had suggested in the contest, just hope chiropractic. And so she won. When you say family chiropractic are there different kinds of chiropractic care is, is it what what had you had what made you put family into it 
Well, for Wankin Family Chiropractic, it was just encompassing our family with our kids and just the Wankin name and just creating it a family business. Got it. Both my boys started working in the office, kind of officially, unofficially at the age of 12 Mm -hmm. and learning the business and doing things for the family and helping with events. And it just was a family affair. Got it. I I completely understand that. Yeah. Are there different types of chiropractic care? Absolutely. There's rehabilitative care. So injuries, some chiropractors like to focus just on car accident injuries. Some like to focus on sports injuries. Some like to focus on wellness, maintaining health and well-being after an injury is rehabilitated. Some like to focus on babies and pregnant moms, and some like to focus on geriatric aging populations. Mm -hmm. So many different types of chiropractic practices out there. So you, have you ever fallen in a trap of watching some of these YouTube videos of people cracking necks and they put a microphone by it and they, they pick up some of these things? I, I get the feeling sometimes they, they're, they're a little rough on people. I mean, is it rough on people or do you guys really kind of hammer on some people? <laughs> so thankfully, I haven't gotten into the YouTube uh, trap. Right. <laughs> um, but I have had some patients of mine just say, watch this. You got to see what this guy's doing. Can you try that on me? And I say, no, no, I'm not doing that no. to you. <laughs> That's not even done around here. <laughs> but I, I believe in finesse, not force. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that's not my style. Gotcha. So you, in pre-production again, you, you said you get to work on babies. Yes. We, we got to talk about that. <laughs> what is it? What is it like to just, you're holding an infant. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, an adult or a teenager, you know, a kid you can talk to and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to take a deep breath, crack your neck, your shoulder, leg, whatever. Mm. How is it with an infant? I mean, I think going back to my veterinarian intuition, mm-hmm. animals can't talk to us. They can't tell us where it hurts. Good point. And so my passion for babies and their well-being formed after my son was my first born son, um, needed some pretty significant care. And so I learned while bringing him into a pediatric chiropractor, I brought him back to the college that I graduated and had their, their pediatric chiropractor work on him and was so fascinated by the results and what I learned from her that then I went on for my training in pediatric chiropractic. But with little babies, they don't pop. They don't have a lot of tension in their joints like we do. Every time I squat down, my knees pop nowadays. And so that didn't happen until after injuries and age and tension in the joints. So babies are kind of like Play-Doh. They're very mushy and again, finesse, not force. Mm -hmm. So their joints don't pop like ours do. They mold, they're pliable. And so when you're holding a little newborn in your hands, you talk to them through their eyes, their body language, just like an animal would tell you where it hurts with their response to stimulus. And um, there's nothing more humbling than a exhausted mama handing you their baby and just saying, help, I can't sleep, it's not sleeping, there's something wrong. And then hearing back the next day that the baby slept for hours that night and the mom got to sleep and the family's rested and peaceful. When you're talking about uh, adjust, adjusting babies, right? Is mm-hmm. that what we're saying? Is it something you have to do more often than a possible adult? And I know that I'm throwing blanket questions at you. Okay. But it's, is it a once a week thing? Is it, because I know every patient's going to be different. 
Correct. But is it something you have to do a little bit more often until the child grows into it or the bone structure grows? So when someone comes into the office, whether they're a day old or 93 years old, they get the same type of evaluation and workup, and we decide what type of treatment and care they'll need to A, fix the issue or rehabilitate the problem, and then maintain their well-being and vitality after that. So what we check for is just the spinal misalignments called subluxation. So we look for that bone or vertebrae out of alignment that can put pressure on the nerve system. It can interfere with the signal the brain is trying to send to the body for digestion, heart rate, hormone balance, everything. Allergies, our, like you said yeah, earlier. Yeah, our brain controls every process in our body. Agreed? Agreed. You're right. Yeah. So everything is controlled by our brain and it sends signals through our nerve system from our spinal cord and out. So if the spine becomes misaligned, we call that a subluxation. Then it interferes with those impulses and communication and we can have dis-ease, lack of ease. And our body wants to restore that ease in intuitively and innately. And so we are there to facilitate restoring that balance in the nerve system so the brain and body can communicate as it's been designed to mm -hmm. flawlessly into the best it can. So as we get older and degeneration sets in and arthritis and all of those things set in, or if we aren't as healthy and vital, maybe we smoke, drink, all of those different things, it can create more need than less need. Um, so when you're just a little baby and you have signs uh, that you are out of balance, such as fussiness, a difficulty latching, not pooping every day, twice a day, four times a day, like little babies should. Those are warning signs, check engine lights, that there's something wrong. Right. And so um, my philosophy is everyone with a spine and nerve system should be checked on a regular basis, like we go to the dentist, like we go to the eye doctor. So our spine and nerve system needs care as well. And what I've learned through my training is it only takes seven days for scar tissue to build up in the joints in our spine if they're misaligned. Seven days. So guess how often I get checked? Every seven days. You bet. Yes. So that's our wellness. We promote in our office weekly wellness for maintenance. So that, with babies even, I would love to have babies getting checked right as soon as they're born to make sure they're well. Mm -hmm. And then just adopt into a wellness routine with their family. Whoever just passion. comes in at once and just be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. How do people, how do people, I don't want to say the word afford it because your health is important, but mm -hmm. how do you, are there insurance plans out there that would cover this? Or is this something you just have to just budget for it and it's part of life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say wellness care, maintenance care is kind of like a gym membership. It's part of, you know, your health and wellness routine. If you think of car insurance, like health insurance, car insurance covers an accident or an injury to your car and to the person inside, correct? Correct. Does a car insurance cover new tires? You're absolutely right. They do not. Yeah, oil changes transmission flushes, nothing like that is covered, even though that's necessary for the vehicle to continue. Yeah, you nailed efficient. it. You nailed that because it's the, again, that's maintenance. Yep. Even though we can justify the car needs it, 
mm-hmm. it's considered maintenance. It's not rehabilitative. So insurance only covers what they call medical necessity as defined by Medicare guidelines. It's rehabilitative care to rehabilitate or stabilize a new injury. And so if you have a chronic issue that's been there for a long, long time and it still bothers you today, unfortunately, that's maintenance. It's not rehabilitating a new injury or stabilizing it. So 8.3 visits is the national average Medicare recommends chiropractic care takes to rehabilitate an injury. 8.3 visits. And how beyond that, that, it's maintenance. How, how would they know <laughs> how bad an injury is? I mean, yeah. it, it's, I suppose, that's their, that's their guidelines. Maybe someday I can sit on that board and help redefine the guidelines. Right. Until then, we have to follow the rules. Right. <laughs> so another question I have, I noticed that, so surgery centers are a collaboration of 10, 20, 30, 40, even 50 surgeons that get together and like, Hey, we're going to build this building and we're going to have a floor surgery. We're gonna have a floor of clinics and we're going to be profitable. You don't really see that in the chiropractic world. You see a bunch of entrepreneurs here, there, here, there, here, there. A lot of them like to name their chiropractic firms after their last name. So it's identity and stuff like that. Um, with law firms, it's kind of the same way, but you see them all kind of collab together and then they all have their names where it's, the name of the law firm is like 10 different names. Do chiropractors, what, how do, how do, does anywhere in the United States school where chiropractors work together like that? Or does everyone have their own special niche and the way they want to do things and they just don't want to work with each other? How does it work out? I mean, cause I don't see chiropractic firms with a lot of staff. I think you um, <clears throat> asked a very wise question and that is, a passion in my heart too is creating a one-stop shop where we could all save on overhead. That's a business mind in me. It would be very smart to have one x-ray unit and one, even if we were all together, we could probably handle an MRI unit. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot of money when you're talking an MRI unit Yeah, but and constant maintenance. Yeah. And serving, but we can serve a lot more people under one roof with one overhead and one staff and, uh, all of that. That's, that makes sense. I didn't even think of that. So you have a receptionist, mm-hmm. so, you have a scheduler. So each individual chiropractic office has their overhead. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think, um, pre-recording, we we're talking about restaurants mm-hmm. and it's kind of the similar philosophy and I've never understood that mindset except for, I know that I want my own place, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm willing to share it. I would love to have more and more chiropractors coming in whether they are employees or um, want to become partners, I think that's wonderful. And then we can share space and keep the lights on and be accessible to the community as much as we can. That makes sense to me. Um, But for some reason, I feel a lot of chiropractors, especially today, are graduating wanting their own identity, their own location, their own place. And rather than sharing and going in together. Do you take uh, inter- interns on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's an internship program like for a chiropractor? So it starts in the sixth trimester. There's 10 trimesters of chiropractic school altogether. It starts in the sixth trimester where they are on the, on the campus clinic and in-house there. 
for their eighth and ninth trimester, they can be out in the communities, but they still have class hours. So because we are about 35 minutes from the chiropractic school and in Wisconsin, the schools in Minnesota, not many students want to come over this direction. Mm-hmm. And so my clinic is set up to host the 10th trimester students, then it's full-time clinic. So they're their last trimester is full-time clinic hours. Got it. And then we can also host graduates. So they graduate and it still takes maybe 30 to 60 days to become licensed. And so that's called a postgraduate preceptorship. And we can host those as well. So when you have your your business, when you walk into Hope, you have your building, right? Mm -hmm. You have building insurance and business insurance. You have a receptionist. Mm-hmm. How many how many staff do you have on? Do you have an assistant? Mm-hmm. And then, do you have to have like um, I don't know the terminology. Do you have to have business insurance for like the what your hands? Okay, malpractice yep. insurance. It is malpractice, wouldn't yeah. it be? So we have our business liability, and we have work comp for our employees, mm-hmm. and we have unemployment insurance and our normal business insurances, and then we have malpractice insurance as well for chiropractic. Is your malpractice business insurance the malpractice insurance? Is that based on clients revenue? How do they? Is it just how many a flat hours rate? a week you work and serve patients? How many patient hours? So you either have full time or part time malpractice. Two options. Okay. Okay. So, I get it. Yep. Depends on how many patient hours you're working. How many hours a week do you work? Which type? Like, I, like, <laughs> on the no, business are, or in the business? Solid question. Because <laughs> you are an employee of your company and you also run your company. Correct. That That is a solid, solid point. I didn't even think of that until right now. I'm working right now. You are working right now. Exactly. You're networking, right? Yeah. 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 So when you... <laughs> when you're so who does it do you do your own books and stuff like that in marketing and networking uh yes and no so I have an accountant doing the year end but Mm I I grew up the daughter of two accountants yeah yeah. yeah. so I love the numbers I love the spreadsheets data Mm -hmm. love that stuff and I like to keep my eyes on that pretty well yeah your finger on the pulse right yeah yeah so I have a big passion for the business itself so I have always done my own well not always my father started out doing my payroll and bookkeeping and then trained me in on it Mm -hmm. and so I do my payroll I do my quarterly tax returns and I do my monthly tax filings and whatnot sales and use tax reports all of those good things got it and so do chiropractors in your line of work do you do you do you pay yourself like and you don't have to get detailed but do you pay yourself like a salary do you pay yourself per client do you pay yourself a different wage when you're running mm-hmm. the business versus working the business, like when you're employed? Well, I can only speak to myself yeah. um, and business coaches that have taught me along the way. But um, I'm an LLC taxed as an S Corp. Mm-hmm. And so for taxation laws, I do about 60% wages to 40% draws. And so I W-2 myself 60% and I'm taxed on the overage, my net income, regardless at the end of the year because of my corporation setup. Got it. Mm-hmm. I completely understand what you're saying. Um, do you have any other chiropractors working for you right now? So I'm hiring one starting Tuesday. Nice. And so very excited and kind of dovetailing off of a previous question 
He has a passion for sports injuries and rehabilitating those and doing a lot of muscle work. And I'm a pediatric chiropractor, so I work on the pregnant moms and babies quite a bit and family wellness. So it's going to be great to bring in a whole nother set of... You are now branching off into a totally different avenue of your company. Well, it's really neat because through the years, um, it's... I feel like my business has morphed with me. So when I was pregnant, so many pregnant moms were coming in the office. When my kids were in preschool, all these preschoolers, when they were in elementary and then in high school. So when the kids were all in high school and in athletics, guess who we attracted? Your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm a grandma and I've got the young babies kind of, you know, with my kids and their age group and their friends. Now we've got the young babies coming in again. Right. And um, the the pulse that I really enjoyed and fell in love with was the sports side of things, too, in the high school athletics. Um, rock tape, cold laser therapy. Those are some of the therapies we use in our office. So if you've ever watched American Ninja Warrior and the Vikes and Packers, they're all taped up. That's rock tape brand. And we just love that brand of kinesio tape. Mm-hmm. And so really got into that um, passion as well. And so the new chiropractor will be bringing a lot of that edge back again and his passion for high school athletes and rehabilitating injuries. Totally off topic. Are you saunas and cold plunges and stuff like that? I, I have a buddy that's in the, the cold like uh, ice baths. Mm-hmm. I can't even take a cold shower. I am the <laughs> biggest wuss when it comes to that cold water, even out of a fountain. It's like, I freak out like just, ah, yes. is, is there's a lot of benefits to that. Is that kind of, um, do you guys get into that discussion too with your chiropractic care? Like, Hey, you should be trying, you know, checking this out with your sports injuries. Do you help people, um, heal better with not just with chiropractic care, but with other avenues? Like, like the, the ice baths and stuff like that, or saunas. I definitely haven't gotten connected with anyone with the ice baths, except for, you know, hey, go buy the big Yeti cooler and fill it with cold water and ice. But, Crazy stuff. Yeah, it is. But it's so beneficial. But I haven't um, connected myself with anyone that's got those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as, like, high school athletes, I'm not sure if the athletic department has any um, connections like that as well. Yeah, you but see the pro athletes all have that stuff, but you, high but school the cold, it's much different. Yeah, you need the you need the cold. I'm a proponent of that. Now your cold, cold fusion, cold today? laser, cold laser. Yeah, tell me about what's that. I mean, I've never heard of that. Yeah. What does it do? So most people have heard of lasers. Mm-hmm. So the hot laser cuts tissue for surgery, cauterizes blood vessels, LASIK eye surgery. Those are all a hot laser. Cold laser goes in and heals that tissue at an accelerated rate. And so it uses light biomechanics to match the cellular frequency, healing that cell so it replicates a healthy DNA pattern. So you can use a cold laser without burning the skin. So most of the time, my level of laser, you can't feel it. And that's why it's called a cold laser or a low level laser. And it, I'm a huge skeptic on most everything. That's why Mm -hmm. I had to work for a chiropractor before I could buy into the philosophy and understand it. 
and research it till I believed and understood it. Cold laser, I was the same way. I saw this at a seminar and thought it was a gimmick and asked the company a lot of questions. And they got to the point where they were so annoyed with me. They gave me a brand new unit and said, let me know when you're ready to buy it. Put it yeah. in practice. And Just I, get to work on it right. and you figure it out for yourself instead of bugging us. <laughs> but the key word is they said when you're ready to buy yeah, it. Yeah, when it. Not yeah. if. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that intrigued me right away. So I put it to work on some shoulder injuries that I was working on in my office and some other things. But it's got settings from anything from tumors to infertility to constipation to migraines to concussions. And the settings on this are fascinating. So I was using it for rehabilitation, strain, sprains, uh, swelling, and pain. I ended up bringing the laser home each night to um, my son had a wart on the palm of his hand, and we had done everything to try to freeze that thing off. And he was probably four or five years old, mm -hmm. and nothing would get rid of this thing. It'd always grow back. And so we ended up bringing it home, and you're supposed to do about 12 treatments in a row as a protocol. And How, like 12 treatments day apart, week apart. Yeah. Day apart. Got you. Yep. And it's only about a two to five minute treatment, not a long time mm. either. So I would bring it home, but like a good mom, you walk in the door and you got to make dinner and the kids yeah. are running all over the place and I forget. And so over the course of a month, I remembered about four times to laser his hand and sure enough, it fell off and it never came back again. Okay. So. Each time I brought it home as well, my yellow lab heard the clicks of the little suitcase that I'd bring it home in, mm -hmm. and he'd lay down right away and stretch out his arthritic long legs, and he'd just wait and just hope that I'd laser him too. And so dogs always have that intuition. Instinct, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dogs so, know shitty people. I mean, they it, really do. Like, if, if Doug doesn't like someone, yeah, it ain't my <laughs> dog, dude. It's you. Oh, yeah. so... Charlie, my yellow lab, would love to get lasered. And he'd just lay there whapping his tail on the floor and I'd laser his legs and all the spots that hurt. And so just from his reaction and and love of the laser and then the warts falling off, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to buy this thing. So it no has kidding. been really neat in my practice. So and with you saying that, you, you understand that I, I guarantee you someone's going to reach out to you about their dog <laughs> so you're, you're you're potentially branching off into another <laughs> well the good news here. is i think there's two veterinarians in hudson that have lasers in their office no kidding yeah they do yeah. okay so this is something that people are are doing yeah absolutely it's wow. it's um still considered get this experimental uh with health insurance in the mm -hmm. in united states so health insurance does not cover it but um, over in Europe, it's very mainstream. Isn't that weird? And, and I'm not digging on lawyers, but lawyers just want to screw everything up. I mean, it, it's not the health insurance. It's the health insurance lawyers that, that mm. get involved with that stuff. And they just kind of put a lockdown on it. Mm. I mean, I, I have some friends in Europe because of gumball. And th it's one of the topics we end up talking about is our health insurance, mm -hmm. uh, our health care system. Yes. And to, to, to me, it's like I grew up and it's like, well, what do you mean? You know, and to them, it's like, you guys are idiots. Mm. Like, you guys are idiots, you know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is weird. Cold laser therapy, huh? It is amazing. So just personally speaking, my own experiences, I tend to go big or go home and get injured <laughs> here mm -hmm. and there. 
So um, I've broken several bones and it has like on x-ray within 24 hours, new bone growth is laid down. Usually it takes a week for new bone growth to be laid down after lasering it. So this helps so, just like just get it going. Accelerates. Yeah. The healing process and a fracture site is healed, usually fully healed within four to six weeks instead of the normal six to eight. So knee injuries. It's amazing. So May 2nd of what are we in 2023? So mm-hmm. it would have been 2021. Um, I dumped motorcycle over on my foot and crushed my right foot and uh, had 12 fractures, I think, that we ended up counting. Oh, my God. In my right foot alone. And so lasering that um, avoided surgery. Mm-hmm. I chose not to have any surgery done on it. Um, it's a tough place to have surgery. And it's 100% today. So I couldn't be more grateful for acupuncture, cold laser, the chiropractic care. That was scary getting my foot adjusted for the first time after it was healed, but it needed it and it mm-hmm. worked well. So where do chiropractors go? In, like, do, do you just to get you, adjusted? Yeah. Do you have like a friend that does it? Do you have, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got just a great network here in the local community. We work together and work together to keep each other well and going strong. Got it. So I'm so grateful for our local chiropractors. Got it. I That's have, really cool. Yeah. Another one of my chiropractors that comes in is an animal chiropractor. So she specializes in horses and dogs. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm one of four humans, I think she said, <laughs> that she adjusts. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we just all network together and work together to keep each other going and healthy and well. What are some pieces of equipment that you have in a chiropractic office like a typical one i'm not saying necessarily yours but um yeah let's talk about yours what, what kind of equipment do you have in yours well beyond the normal front desk equipment um for chiropractic purposes an adjusting table is necessary and depending on what you do with your adjusting style so i use something called a drop technique and so the table drops away rather than laying someone on their side and that's that bang that you hear when, yep, yep got yep. it my tables have the tummy section that drops away for pregnant mamas so they can lay face down without nice. a big belly in their way mm-hmm. um i also learned an activator technique which is a little it looks like a pogo stick and sounds like a stapler and so that does the same thing as the hands adjusting but very fine-tuned tip which works great on people that may have osteoporosis or you know, working on my foot after it was crushed Mm -hmm. and little babies and all sorts of different ways to adjust. Um, I have an x-ray machine in my office. I uh, have the cold laser. So when you have an x-ray machine, you have to have training on that, maintenance on that. You have to train other people on that. I mean, so the training comes with our, our school. So when we graduate from chiropractic school, we have um, trained so there's no, there's no like continued education and stuff? Depends on the state. So if you're licensed in Minnesota, you're required to have, I think, two hours per year okay. of x-ray um, continued education. Wisconsin doesn't require x-ray continuing education. Um, and then as far as the x-ray machine maintenance, it just follows the state standards of any x-ray machine. So I get mine serviced every two years to make sure it's up to code. When you Is that something that... So in, in, in restaurants, you buy everything except 
the glass washer. The glass washer and the dishwasher are the two pieces of equipment you always lease because of how often they break down. And because it's not a staff's um, uh, lack of effort or anything like that or lack of care, but discipline. You know, they dump straws in there or limes or a lemon in the glass washer. Or some food gets put in the dishwasher and it plugs up jets and stuff and filters and things break down. And those are the two pieces of equipment that are always rented. So that leads me into asking this question. When you have an x-ray machine, that's a large purchase. Is that something that you rent in case it breaks down where they come in and fix it? Or is it something you just buy? It's part of a business expense. That's a great question. I'm not sure uh, what other chiropractors or dentists or anyone else have done. Mm-hmm. I bought mine. And um, as far as plans and equipment maintenance goes, you can um, buy a service agreement or you can just pay per time they need to come out and maintain it or service it for you. You touched earlier on an MRI machine. I mean, I I can't even think of, I've never even thought about the price one, but it has to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And usually an MRI machine has to be in a, its own dedicated room Mm -hmm. or in a mobile unit. Correct. Mm -hmm. So if say you wanted to line up 10 clients in a day, is an MRI machine something that can be rented to bring out? Or if you have a patient that needs an MRI uh, reading, do you set, do you refer them to a doctor? What do you do? So currently, yes, you can use the MRI trucks that come out to the area and service. Um, I really appreciate our working relationship with the Hudson Physicians as well here in town. So I can utilize their MRI equipment and refer directly over to them. So we have a great working partnership with that's nice. The medical doctors in town is that relationship uh, how it is across the nation or not? Where chiropractors and doctors doctors offices actually work together? Well, my prayer is that it's coming along yeah. as we advance together for people, not for ourselves. Um, and I can only speak to my own personal experiences where there's been sticky situations and there's been amazing situations. And I think it all stems on understanding. And so if they understand what our purpose is and what we do and how we do it, it's amazing. Um, without that understanding or willingness to understand, then it can be like a stigma or something. And they may or may not want to work with us. Um, so the best thing I can do as a individual is continue to teach so they can understand what I do, why I do what I do, and the place I come from of love and respect for humans and everyone around me. Yeah, you really focus on who you are, and hopefully that just spills over and show grace, show kindness, and it comes back towards you. I get it. I do. Um Are young people getting into chiropractic care? Like uh, getting in, I'm sorry, are they getting into the chiropractor um, line of work? Like like some businesses, like uh, electricians, I mean, people are like, hey, go to school, become an electrician. There's not enough electricians, Mm -hmm. plumbers, stuff like this. Is that that hard for, to find good chiropractors now? Is it something that's kind of aging out because of everyone's so happy? I don't see that at all. I feel like our graduating classes are 
are sustaining or growing each year as mm -hmm. well. I'd love to do the stats and research on that. Um, but I feel like the graduating classes are the same size, if not larger than back in 1999 when I graduated. Got it. And our question, how do we get people off of pain medications? Mm, the opioid epidemic. It's kind of a big deal to me because when I got in a bike accident, I had serious road rash. Yeah. I had, uh, they gave me a, seriously, it had to be 90 pills of Vicodin in it. Yeah. And you don't realize, I never knew what Vicodin was. This is painkiller. Like I took two and I'd sleep for like 12 hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, road rash, it was just so painful. But uh, I don't think I have an addictive personality because I never, it never really did anything. It was just like, it made me want to go to sleep. I mm -hmm. never, never had a problem with that. But I, you know, people would ask, oh, what do you have? What do you have? Uh, yeah, Vicodin or something. You know, this is the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And you, you just get so surprised on people like, give me some of those. Sell me some of those. And I still remember the first person going, I'll buy some of those for me. I'm like, buy, what? what? Mm. No, this is like $4, you know, from the pharmacy. I'm not yeah. selling you any. Or giving them out. And when things get older and time passes and you start hearing more and more about, you know, these addictions and how bad they are, it does bug me because of how freely they gave it to me. It was just like, it was like, here, you're going to need to take these. Boy, if you're an addict, it really wasn't hard back then to get really hooked on these things. Fast forward to today, I get it's harder, it's more difficult, but it does not take much, I think, for people to get hooked on these things. What are ways that people can protect their loved ones if there is some sort of an accident? And I know this isn't your expertise, but you're the closest thing to a medical professional I have ever talked to in this kind of a setting. Um, what's your what's your opinion on it? how can we get away from it? There's got to be non-addictive ways to ease people's pain or healing processes like your cold laser therapy mm -hmm. you don't need pain pills for that i bet again i think it boils down to education because how many people are just given those strong medications without being warned without being yeah told. without being warned that's a solid fucking point solid point so all of a sudden you're told not to drive a vehicle, and that's really all you're told when you when you yeah. were given them. Well, Flexorol is the same thing, which is a muscle relaxer, but it just makes you woozy. It doesn't have addictive, strong opioids in it. Does it take away pain? The Flexorol? Yeah, I, I don't even know what it's it is. It's a muscle relaxer. So muscle relaxer? Yeah, so it that. helps you sleep? and Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of things out there that you shouldn't drive on, including alcohol, right? Correct. And so they aren't um, an opioid. And getting back to, it starts in the hands of the physician prescribing. That should be a strong warning label and an educational moment to teach the patient choices. We have these three medication options. This one's not going to quite cut it, but it's not addictive. This one, you know, give options. Mm -hmm. Educate your patients. That, that's a passion of mine. Educate. Uh, Take the five minutes to talk to them about choices and consequences and then the pharmacist that hands it to you, there should be another level of warning slapped right there for them to say, do you know that these are addictive? And 
Yeah, you got to acknowledge it. So there's two hands where it crosses from the physician and the pharmacist that could educate our people. And so if that could be a basic level, that would help a lot of innocent people that do get addicted. Um, And then you do have the other people that want them and want to use the system and to obtain those medications for other purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but educating people on the highly addictive nature of them is first and foremost. And then other ways to ma- navigate pain. There's acupuncture, cold laser, other medications that aren't addictive, cold cryotherapy. Right. <laughs> Jump in the lake. Yeah, once you get past <laughs> that initial yeah. thing, I've been told it's just, it, it's damn near spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, my friend Grady, he... He does, he'll have the sauna, his sauna on, so he'll mm. jump at that at 150 plus. Mm-hmm. And, and I have a sauna, I believe in sauna so much, but he'll jump at that. And when he, when he just can't handle it, he'll jump in the cold plunge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, it just blows my mind. Cause I'll, I'll try to take like a cold shower or something. It's just like, yeah, I just freak out. But I know that it has to be benef- beneficial. And I know that it's mental. I mean, I've watched videos where it's like day one of someone doing it versus day 30 of a person doing day 30 they just jump right in mm-hmm. and i think the medical fields need to get more in touch with these kind of things because we weren't designed to just take pills my friends um some of my friends that have graduated from medical school i've asked them what they've understood when they graduate and they said the dosing the timeline when to give it contraindications not not so much even the depth of the why um and so learning alternative ways to heal and feel better is becoming more pronounced in the medical field which i appreciate so in my office i have an acupuncturist a massage therapist the cold laser other forms of rehabilitative therapies but I call my acupuncturist my primary care physician. Mm-hmm. So between chiropractic, cold laser, nutrition, the supplements that I take, and, and my acu- acupuncturist. And acupressure and acupuncture are two different things. Pressure is applying pressure to the skin and puncture is puncturing. So one's with a, a little needle. one's a little needle, those <laughs> flimsy looking needles that are cool and stuff mm-hmm. when they're all there. Acupressure would be like a thumb being pressed or like a tool or yep, something. Correct. Okay. And then what are the suction cup things that you see? I've, I've, yeah, I, I've, I haven't had the oh. courage to ask someone like, what are you You'll have to doing? come in and experience the full what, meal deal then. What, what, so cupping um, draws the skin in and releases toxins and, and so much tension. My favorite is cupping. And the acupuncturist in my office does slide cupping. So she puts an oil on the skin and then applies the cup and then slides it. Oh, yeah, slides it back and forth. Yes. And the skin just, yeah. I tell you, that is the best deep tissue release that I've ever experienced. And what it does is it just breaks everything up. And I suppose you just drink a ton of water, get yes. everything flushed out kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay, okay, I got you. It's wonderful. And how often should, you know, to say someone to just, what are some of the benefits of that? And how often should someone look into that? So acupuncture is a whole nother philosophy. Um, with Chinese medicine and and balancing your chi mm-hmm. and your energy, um, and it, I can't even speak enough to it. Uh, back when I was 21, I was diagnosed with lupus and an end stage kidney failure, and told I should you? never have kids. 
and I had just started chiropractic school. And so lupus is an autoimmune disease that attacks your organs and it's your immune system getting confused. And so again, thinking back to my philosophy, your brain controls everything, right? Everything, yeah. Why would my immune system be out of whack so bad that it's attacking my body? That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So instead of accepting a diagnosis such as lupus, I accepted that my immune system was really confused. So how do we fix that and reset the circuit breaker and get it back on track? So I went back to my college and I said, all right, I'm your human guinea pig. And I got adjusted a couple times a day because I was only holding my adjustment every few hours. So I got adjusted pretty aggressively, getting my nerve system aligned, functioning the way it's supposed to. And I got acupuncture once a day. And within six months, all of my labs were back to normal. My kidneys were functioning and... Knock on wood, it's been great since. So you, you, it's not only do you do this for a career, you've you've experienced it firsthand. I have. You have testimonials. I have many testimonials. I feel like God just keeps allowing experiences in my life so I can Miracles. be a better empath and mm-hmm. walk the walk, talk the talk, and say, hey, I've been there. Let's talk time now. How long does it take for a patient? Do you call them patients? Do you call them clients? What do you call them? Yeah, I I call them patients and my people. Yeah. (laughs) So when people come come in, how long does it take for an adjustment? Like, is it something they just do over lunch? Yeah, it's in and out in probably five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, An adjustment doesn't take long to check the 26 bones in the spine. And if they need a knee or a shoulder or a jaw realigned or anything like that. So five minutes in and out. The initial workup is the longer where we go through history and do a thorough exam and see what's going on and how that's like an hour I yeah, suppose. Yep. Yep. And how long it's gonna take to correct it approximately and my best guesstimate. And um, then we get them all set up and scheduled up. How long is an like an acupressure, acupuncture session? My acupuncturist does ninety minutes for the very first initial workup and then an hour per session after that. Is it like a meditative thing also or is it i've I've never been acupuncture acupressure is it i don't want to say the word pain is it intense i mean are you on edge do you feel relaxed i suppose after a couple sessions you're pretty relaxed but is it a meditative thing where i'm not saying fall asleep but you just zone out and meditate Well, for me, I hate needles. Mm -hmm. And so when I started receiving acupuncture back in college and started getting that as part of my wellness routine, I had to work my way up to a few needles to then more needles and and allowing that. Um, So you're talking to a big baby here that hates needles. But now I just learned to appreciate them as a good thing and allow it. So I used to lay there all super tense because I didn't like needles being put in my body. <laughs> and what do the needles do? Is it is it deep, just a little? Just very small. It's Some can go deep, some don't. I don't pay a lot of attention because, again, I just have to get into my zone of I love needles. They're helping me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they don't hurt. They're the size of a cat whisker, so they don't hurt. You don't feel them usually. Um, but... I'm pretty much two speeds in my life. I'm go and sleep. And so I go 110 miles an hour and then I stop. So when I have acupuncture, 
it forces me to stop. I can't look at my phone. You I can't move. Yep. My hands have needles in them. My arms have. I can't move. Where, you know, there's nothing else that I can do but lay there and allow it. And so I tend to like pass out and sleep the whole mm-hmm. time, and it's wonderful and relaxing. And then she finishes with um, some gua sha or the cupping or tuina, which is an Asian form of massage. What's a gua sha? Gua sha is skin scraping. So she uses a tool. Oh, is that that metal like half moon mm-hmm. looking thing I've seen yes. people do? Yeah. So she'll scrape the adhesions and allow the muscle tissue then to heal and those adhesions dissipate. Yeah, there's only like five people on this podcast that are listening and go, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's intense stuff. Yeah, yeah. so um, Graston is similar to Gua Sha, and that's kind of in our American sports language, mm-hmm. Graston technique, um, and uh, ART, and then Gua Sha. So just amazing therapeutic benefits. And what's cupping? How long is it? that kind of a session take so she usually incorporates that all into the hour session Mm -hmm. and so cupping sometimes i'll go in and ask for an hour of cupping but there's not you can't milk an hour out of it because it doesn't take that long so maybe 15 minutes of cupping and so they put it on you they they wait a couple minutes take it off and then do they follow up with um guy what do you guasha guasha yeah they follow up with guasha then or is it that, that's something that comes after acupuncture. So usually she'll do the needling first mm-hmm. and then the cupping and then the gua sha and then finish with tweena, which is just a form of massage to kind of smooth everything out. And it's wonderful. Like I, I said, you got to come in for I the bet full you, meal deal. I, yeah, I bet you feel just experience. completely different <laughs> when you're, when it's done. We joke that we need an Uber after people float out of her room. Yeah, got it's, it. It's wonderful. How do are there any other services like that that you want you want to touch on? Yeah, I'd say just in my office, you know, we were kind of dovetailing off of equipment that I have. So with chiropractic equipment and the laser, and then we've got the acupuncture away. and the massage therapist. It's because before you came here, I just thought a, chiro- a chiropractor office. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you're talking about getting into some sports therapy, mm-hmm. cold laser therapy, which I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions for you on yeah, the absolutely. cupping, needling, acupressure, deep mm-hmm. tissue massage, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's going to come in with a dog. I, I, I just know it. Someone's going to ask you, where do I go? Absolutely. Cause I mean, I, I know I am with, with Doug. I mean, yes. Doug's got this stuff. Maybe he's going to get into that stuff. Um, what's another thing? It's, how did COVID affect your business? We were considered essential, so we stayed open. The hardest thing for me during that time was finding staff that were willing to work um, because it struck fear in a lot of people that wanted to stay home then or didn't. At first, everyone was, they, no one knew. Yeah. Right. And so finding people to staff the front office because the patients wanted to continue coming in. Mm-hmm. And so it, I don't run a one-man shop type of facility where I need someone up front answering, greeting, scheduling, checking people in and out. Um, that would have been a good time for all the chiropractors to come together. Absolutely. I, oh, man, could you have imagined? Go. Yeah, yep. So it was wonderful. It was a blessing to be able to stay open and continue working because that's my... 
my blood. I don't know what I would have done if mm -hmm. I weren't able to work and have my purpose. Um, so we stayed open, needed staff. I minimized my hours because it was hard to staff. Um, and so it was, I don't know. Because there's it certain a, people that needed mm -hmm. probably your your care. Some people are like, oh, you know, I could put it off a month. Some people, they can't put it off. They, well, if you consider my philosophy that I preach, weekly wellness, every right? Every seven days, yeah. If you do the research, um, if I drew your blood and measured your immunoglobulins in your bloodstream, which is your immune system fighter cells, okay, and then I adjust you, and then I draw your blood and measure them again, there's a lot more in your bloodstream up You're to four times more. So your immune system, up to four times the amount of immune system fighting cells are in your blood after you get adjusted. Say that again so. for the people. So you're telling me after an adjustment, you are not superhuman, but you, you can fight off things easier, yep. more effectively. When I adjust little kids, I say, now you can run faster, jump higher, think better. <laughs> and that's people that come in that don't hurt, but they just want to be well and more well and more vibrant. So some of my athletes, they come in because they want to shave milliseconds off their time. They want to be efficient. Yeah. So think of an adjustment as a front end alignment. Is your car going to be efficient and win the race if the front end's out of alignment? Might, yeah. <laughs> you got a better chance. Yeah, so we want to make sure they're in alignment and well and as efficient as possible. So people that come in that don't have symptoms or complaints say they sleep better at night. They didn't get sick through the winter as often. They are more focused through the day and all sorts of different other health benefits that they how notice. About, how about thinking, like clear thinking? Is is that a thing? Um, it's when you get, like, again, I'm 50, so it, it is always in my mind, like, you, you do whatever it takes to keep your mind sharp. Bury yourself in numbers. Read books. Mm -hmm. Is that something that that uh can benefit from chiropractic care so again it's tough it's tough to i mean you're talking yeah. about the human brain i mean no right. one knows it yeah but. and i've been getting adjusted so long so i'm not sure what's age and what's normal but yeah what i notice you know how we always have that background noise in yeah, our heads yeah, and in our bodies a little white noise yeah and our our pain tolerance over the years the number one comment i hear in my office after someone gets their first adjustment why did I wait so long? So yes, I understand what people adapt to as normal aches and pains can be reduced or eliminated. So that background noise of pain that's always there, maybe taking a chunk of our focus and reducing our efficiency is no longer there. It doesn't serve a purpose anymore. And so that background noise of pain or static or whatever we've got going on can be cleared. And that allows our brain to function at a higher capacity then because it's not putting energy towards something else. So my wife says when people get hip surgeries, they, they, she works at surgery and she says they would just, they put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. And then when they get to like, Oh my God, why, why did didn't I, I do this so sooner? long? Yeah. So with, I'm wondering with a lot of your clients, they don't even know that they're in pain. They don't even know they're in discomfort. They don't even know that their alignment's off because it's been s gradually going for decades and decades and decades. And then once you get your hands on them and start, you know, putting things back into place and adjusting things, 
does it take it, it, it i suppose every patient's different hearing myself say it out loud but the 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 response is instant and then the healing process takes time and that's where the weekly maintenance comes into play I think the rehabilitative is more often than that. So when I started getting adjusted aggressively in college for a huge health hiccup that I was, you know, in front of, I was holding my adjustments for a couple hours at a time, almost like short circuiting. And so getting adjusted more frequently uh, helped me heal quicker. So if I would have gotten adjusted once a week versus three to four times a day, I wouldn't have healed as quickly. Maybe not completely either. I don't know. I wasn't willing to take that chance. So when I'm speaking to a patient, I give them choices. And they can take my aggressive approach because that's what works for me. And I'm a go big or go home personality. If I'm Mm going to do it, I'm all in. And so if they want my approach this is probably the outcome and how long it might take. And if you want to take this as a, as you go kind of philosophy, you may or may not get the results you're hoping for. You put into it what you get, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. You could be sitting here with one kidney if you didn't take it. Or none. Yeah. If you weren't so aggressive. Right. I mean, multiple, multiple times a day, people don't even think of that. Yeah. Wouldn't even think of that. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, You just got to think differently. Our body is designed to be efficient and work smart. And we have such a storehouse in us of chemicals that can heal us. And when we aren't efficient, so what I mean is if you aren't sleeping well, if you're not eating well, if you're not aligned properly, all of those factors create stability and ease in our body. And things can push us out of that ease into dis-ease whether it's alignment or now someone that doesn't live in the area say a listener in texas or something how do they find the right chiropractor what, what are some things that they should look for when trying to say someone wants to get into chiropractic care and start understanding listen to your podcast and understand that you know what i need to put my head on my ass and get things going in the right direction what's something they should look for in finding a long-term good working relationship? I think we spoke to this earlier. There's different types of chiropractic or chiropractors out there. So if you want to rehabilitate an injury, then a rehab doc. If you want wellness and this to be part of your wellness philosophy, then you look for someone with the word wellness in a descriptor. Got it. And if you want someone that's gonna be good with your kids, then you look for pediatric in the descriptor depends on what you're looking for but as far as chiropractic goes nutrition goes acupuncture goes that's part of my wellness philosophy in maintaining my vibrancy so just like a pit crew is necessary for a race car and keeping it on the track finely tuned i'm part of people's pit crew yeah gotta feel the ferrari right Mm mm-hmm where do you want to go in five years? What's your, what's your plan? Is there some? Is there another part of Avenue you want to expand into? Are you looking to possibly have a second location? Yeah. Well, I'm onboarding a new chiropractor this Tuesday, actually. Pretty mm-hmm. exciting. That is exciting. Um, but my passion is the business. I love coaching and developing. So I, I really like to pour into young grads or frustrated 
chiropractors that have lost sight of the business and don't love the business but want to serve the patients and I can breathe new life into their business, coaching them, helping them. Um, Boy, that would take a lot of pressure off chiropractors mm -hmm. because you have to be good at being a chiropractor. You also have to be good at being an entrepreneur. And this way you wouldn't have to worry about the entrepreneurship. You just have to worry about the patient. Correct. Some people really might like that. Yes. I mean, I feel there is a huge need out there for that direction yeah. and um, taking the pressure off because people want their own businesses. They tend to, and they want to be a chiropractor. Their stress this... level would drop. Yes. Wow. So that's my next five years. My passion is in the business and coaching. How do you even do that? Get that. So well, you probably shouldn't even talk because now you're going to be consulting other chiropractors on <laughs> what you want to do I suppose get a space and network it and they're gonna come mm. imagine getting a spot where you have your own MRI machine right there and just different yeah just that could be a big thing sky's the limit as, yeah as big as you can think right what's your legacy give me more in that question I will uh what's your what do you want to be remembered as in a hundred years from now a Jesus-loving person that is passionate about people and their purpose on this earth. I'm going to start asking every guest that. That's a that's a good, solid question. That is a good one. Thank that you. That was a good answer, too. Thank you. I think of our purpose and our passion is in serving others and helping them achieve their best, being their best. Man, what a good feeling at the end of every day, right? Right. How many kids do you have? I have three boys and a six-year-old grandson now. Six-year-old grandson. Yeah. So all boys. Crazy. What do the boys yeah. do? So oldest is an amazing musician, and he's got a um, record label and some artists signed under him and a couple albums out on Spotify. So nice. Blake Hoff Power. Hoft is his name. And he plays around the area as well and um, just loves music uh second son is in san antonio texas and he's going to school for finance loves the stock market and working while he's going to school down there nice. and third one is at home still with me and hoping to move to san antonio and escape the cold soon <laughs> yeah, i suppose yeah everyone's <laughs> and, going to texas <laughs> yeah and he's still finding his his journey yeah. How, yeah. How old's the youngest? 19, almost yeah, 20. Like, yeah, he, he, they have, Plenty they, they of don't time. even know. They don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Not off the top of my head. No? Yeah. The kids all know about your exciting news and stuff like that? Not yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Oh. It, it's, it's a good thing. Um, Again, tell us who you are. So in your social media, website, phone Thank number. You. Well, we better dovetail off the exciting news because that could go. Anywhere, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wanted so. you to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> so today I just got engaged. Yay. And that's a 4K camera. So it will pick up on that sparkle. There's, there's a lot. of There's a lot of rock there. Yep. So Aaron Hess is my amazing rock. And I am so excited to uh, journey this life together with him. How'd you guys meet? Match.com. Match.com. <laughs> yeah. Where's he from? So he's from Rochester and mm -hmm. lives in Minneapolis right now and will become a Hudsonite someday. 
um, what's, what's his profession? What's he do? Yeah. So, um, he has a lot in his background from, um, construction to demolition right now he's working for ko storage developing um site developing from the ground up different storage facilities nice and um yeah so our story was god orchestrated that's the best way to put it it. everything happens for a reason absolutely so would you is this is is this something where you guys would just like elope or is it something you're gonna have <laughs> i mean you, i mean you guys just said this yesterday i'm sure you had some simple conversation about it any date <laughs> plan season not yet um i i think at my age and at our age Do you know when you, you want when you know you know you don't need to you know drag it out and personal all of question those kind of things it, yeah. are your parents alive yes yep sweet so did he ask your dad yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> I know. I know. Yep. So he was on the phone with my dad this morning, apparently, before uh, he asked me. So That's good. Yep. Yeah, they're in Florida, so it couldn't be a face-to-face conversation. Yeah, I get it. Very sweet. But at least he did it. I yep. Mean, yep. And he's a dad of girls with oh. a granddaughter on the way. It's so at the so, same age, about yep. the same age, got it. Yep. And so... Um, so yeah, our exciting journey gets to begin. But yeah, as far as waiting a long time, that's I don't see that as a huge necessity. No, because at our age, you know, you already know yeah. what you want. You already know when you're happy. You know, thank you. It's not about a yeah. You, you know, when I when I got married to Candice, we just knew. I mean, yep. when you're an adult and you have an adult mindset, it's a lot easier. When you're in your twenties, kids, take your time, think it out. You know, I'm, I'm, you got to think it out. Absolutely. But when you get to know yourself, whether it's 35, 40, 50, some adults are needed till they're 60 years old to realize who they really are. Mm. <clears throat> but when you know who you are and you find your significant other, you just know you don't have to waste time. Yeah. It's not, there's no guidelines. There's no rules. You don't have to, you know, care what, any, what anyone else thinks. You just, mm-hmm. you, you focus on you. So. Probably not eloping because we'd still like our important family members mm-hmm. to all be there and be a part of that journey and process just to celebrate with us. Right. So, but not a huge long wait, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank We're you. not going to post this until. Oh, <laughs> we'll you, talk to them tonight. <laughs> yeah. You take care of your end of things. And, yeah. and you know, people don't know this, but we record these on Sundays, Sunday evenings, and then we post them on Mondays just mm-hmm. so people can have a chance to really think about what they said and you know go from there thank you for having me i appreciate it i'm glad you're here now again contact information so i am dr carolyn wankin w-a-n-k-e-n for now (laughs) yep for now and it's hopefamilychiropractic.com and we're on facebook and instagram as well and we'll have the links and located in hudson Mm -hmm. what's the business phone number 715-381-1800 you nailed it. it. Thank I'm you glad so you're here. Thanks for being on the show. You were an hour and 18 minutes. Excellent. Solid conversation. Mm, thank you, Paul. Thanks for being here.